Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The story of lunar exploration started with one man. And it's up to Wilson Contreras. A man with a dream. Rizzo asked me right before the game started, hey, if you hit a homer, just do something, do something exciting, just do a backflip. Now the 1-1, Contreras drives one in the air, right field deep, that ball's got a chance, gone! Opposite field, three-run homer, Wilson Contreras, Cubs lead four to nothing. One of these days, Alice. Bang. Zoom. I looked at the replay run. That was 99 MPH. As Contreras flipped his bat high in the air, <laughs> they got a slow-mo of the bat. He flipped that bat about 30 feet in the air. Straight to the moon. I mean, are you guys a team that you think that fans around the country, you know, regardless of age, regardless of background, could really could really get into? Yeah, definitely, man. We got we, we having a lot of fun, man. We're, we're, we're grown men. Everybody got kids, but we, we're also in the dugout having fun with our teammates, man. And I think that's what it's about, you know, especially with baseball because the game is long and, and you know, some people have a short attention span. And I mean, if you're doing something, you know, funny or something that's exciting or, you know, show that you're smiling and having fun, then, you know, that, that brings some light to their day. Hypocrite warning. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Oh, yeah. Good afternoon for a special bonus Hit and Run. On a Saturday afternoon, a couple hours before Cubs White Sox pregame right here on 670 The Score. Good afternoon, baseball humans. Hope you are well. Man, what a horrific week for both teams. And then they played last night and somebody had to win. And the Cubs break out with all those home runs, so many to the opposite field. And the White Sox embarrassment continues and gets worse last night with an ugly moment. And as our Sean Anderson ended the open right there, um, hypocrisy alert. Yeah, we've got to talk about that. We certainly will. But there's a couple items of breaking news that you should know about that will affect the game that will be on the score tonight in just three hours or so. Uh, You'll get a first pitch. Chris Bryant is back for the Cubs in the lineup at the five hole. Some Cub fans might say, what are we going to do now with that explosive offensive presence back? But hey. Maybe a few days off here, dealing with the injury, get a little mental reset. 
And maybe Bryant can go back to being what he's been in the past. This has been an unbelievably terrible offensive year and injury plagued as well. He's only played in 32 games out of 58, 32 out of 58. But now we'll get a chance to play maybe today and tomorrow. So that's one bit of breaking news. The other is that Ricky Renteria will not be on the bench for the White Sox tonight. He has been suspended for one game and will serve it immediately. Jimmy Cordero suspended for three games. Is he going to serve it immediately? I don't know if they've made the announcement yet whether the White Sox are going to appeal or not. It is a regular season suspension. So I, I believe even if he accepts it, he would serve these final two games as a suspension and one would carry over to next year. It is not going to affect his presence in the playoffs. But uh, And Don Cooper also suspended. For a couple games, Sean, what did Coop get? And does he have to serve that? You're 100% right about Cordero. Cordero uh, Renteria said uh, that he will appeal it, but it most likely okay. it will just get pushed over to next season. Um, Don Cooper will just be fine. fined. Yeah. Just fine. So, so Coop fined. He threw the bottle of water. Coop did. I believe it was him who threw the bottle of water, so I thought maybe he'd get suspended in addition. But that's, that is blatantly MLB telling you, that they thought it was intentional. In fact, it, in the press release, they've suspended Jimmy Cordero and, and find an undisclosed amount for intentionally hitting Wilson Contreras. That's, <laughs> that, that's pretty clear. As a result of Cordero's intentional actions, that's the language that they give to the Renteria suspension. As a result of Cordero's intentional actions. So they don't say outright that they think Ricky told Cordero to do it, but they are saying, have control over your guy. So he does not do that. We're going to play three pieces of tape for you in a minute to expose the hypocrisy as blatantly and clearly as it could possibly be exposed. But let's tell you what's going on. Jason Benetti, the White Sox play-by-play man, is going to join me at about 3.30. Um, Along the way, you're going to find out what the postseason plans are for the Marquee Sports Network, what they're going to be doing and how they're going to um, bring you some content. Um, While the games shift to national, while the games shift to national, and this is is what happens every year after this series, that these bonds that you've created with your broadcast teams then suddenly end, and all of a sudden... It's uh, random play-by-play guys. It's national folks who feel out of town stupid, if, even if they are not. And it's kind of a, it's a violent adjustment to make. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, I've been making the case for a local to win a major award. It's a major award. It's not a leg lamp that this guy's going to win. But one of my favorite baseball writers has made the case as well. So we'll bring you some of that. I have all of the possible playoff scenarios, as confusing as they are, for both divisions and really for everybody in the potential matchup. So we will take a moment and dissect that for you and give, it, uh, give you um, the best we can. Um, top of the hour, we're going to talk about the long-term managerial security for one Ricky Renteria. We're going to do that at 4 o'clock. Along the way, your phone calls, your texts, your tweets, not merely welcome, but elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. 312-644-6767 is the number to call. That is also the number to text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Spiegel 670 Let's talk, man. we got two passionate fan bases, two teams that have been absolutely brutal for a week, and then game one of this series 
was bizarre. A blowout featured Yolmer Sanchez pitching at the end, Contreras with a second home run, after which he laid his bat firmly on the ground and very carefully. You had Javi Baez with a left-handed double last night. A left-handed double from Javi Baez last night. We've seen him kill it in um, batting practice, left-handed. His teammates going nuts for that. And you had the epic Wilson Contreras bat flip, which led to the shenanigans and the fireworks. But first, I want to make sure that we're all appreciating this moment. This is an insanely rare thing that the Cubs and the White Sox make the playoffs at the same time. So that's going to happen this week. They'll both be playing in the postseason. Third time ever. You know this probably, right? 1906, 2008, and now. That's it. Three times in 114 years. We have not been blessed the way that other two-team towns have been. And I, I, I wonder if people realize that. The Mets and the Yankees have both been in the postseason four times. All of that was in a 16-year span, last time in 2015. In 2000, they had a World Series. Clemens hits Mike Piazza, throws a shard of bat at him. Sean Estes throws behind Clemens. You remember all that? So anyway, four times in a 16-year span, they both made the playoffs for the Mets and the Yankees, and they had a World Series. The Giants and the A's, five times. Both teams have made the playoffs in a 25-year span between 89 and 2014. And they had a World Series. The Giants and the A's had themselves an earthquake World Series. So five times they had one. The Dodgers and the Angels, they've both made the playoffs in the same season four times in an 11-year span between 2004 and 2014. L.A., L.A., that horrific baseball town, difficult sports town. It's an entertainment town. They got four times with both teams in the postseason in an 11-year span. How about the Royals and the Cardinals? They've both, both made the playoffs in the same year three times, twice back-to-back in 2014 and 2015, and they had a World Series in 85, Royals and Cardinals in a World Series. So they already had a World Series. Even the Astros and Rangers, three times in a 17-year span between 98 and 2015 for state bedfellows, if not unable, you know, unified city bedfellows, three times in a 17-year span. Cubs and White Sox, three times in 114 years. That's crazy. This is rare. We deserve it. Let's get it a couple more times, shall we? Cubs trying to hold on to their competitiveness window. The White Sox theoretically just entering. Here we are, smack dab, in year one of the Crosstown Classic potential window. And wouldn't it be fitting for 2020 if it was a Cubs-Sox World Series, finally, with no fans at all, taking place in Texas? So maybe that's what we'll get. Me, when it comes to the playoffs... I fear the Reds and I fear the Indians. The Dodgers and the Yankees would be some trendy, exciting, understandable, big time, front runner, big market behemoth picks. And that was my pick last year to get them to the World Series. But right now, man, fear the Indians and fear the Reds who are in 
both having clinched, both now with the opportunity to set their rotations the way they want to for a three-game series and then beyond. We'll talk about that later on. But let's get to the fireworks that was last night, right here on 670 The Score. You're listening to Hit and Run. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And Cubs Sox all weekend long is... um, is uh, is brought to you by the Win- the Wintrust Crosstown Series. is presented by Xfinity. Xfinity X5 delivers blazing fast Wi-Fi with no curveballs. It's Cubs, White Sox all weekend long right here on The Score. All right, so last night, Contreras with the epic bat flip. I have seen it scored to um, also Sprock Zarathustra by Strauss, otherwise known as the Space Oddity, the 2000 Space Odyssey, 2000, um, 2001 movie. So we've seen that, okay? I've seen it scored to that as the bat flies above seemingly the flight of the ball. I've seen it scored to David Bowie's Space Oddity with the, the takeoff. <laughs> with the liftoff there. It is an epic bat flip. Contreras said that Anthony Rizzo told him, if you homer or something, if you homer, you got to do a bat flip, man. We need it. And Rizzo's reaction to the bat flip is just awesome. Smiling, laughing, kind of bends over halfway watching the bat instead of the flight of the ball. Then Contreras walks. He flips the bat on a walk. He's done that most of his career. Little bat flip. But what's the problem? What's the issue? Let's listen to David Ross last night, upset because Jimmy Cordero comes out later after the home run and the walk and throws one inside to Contreras, and then the second one is a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, sinking fastball, that hits him on the side. It could not be more obvious that it is intentional. It's that guy in that situation. You're getting your ass kicked. Somebody over there decided that Cordero should do that because they want to light a fire under a absolutely dead-ass team in the White Sox. So Renteria gets tossed, Coop gets tossed, Cordero gets tossed because the umps know what's going on. Listen to David Ross after the game, upset about the bat, the, uh, the hit-by-pitch, and not thinking that the White Sox, of all people, of all teams, should have been upset about the bat flip. David, did you kind of expect uh, what Wilson got eventually? Why, why, why would I expect that, Jesse? Oh, just because of the big bat flip. I don't know. Sometimes these things happen, I, right? I, I thought there's a big, like, I think a guy on the other side, I got a, like, was all the, all the, uh, all the hype was on the guy on the other side when he bat flipped and we just let him play, right? I mean, I like, I like the fact, I thought Tim Anderson's bat flip last year where he flipped it and, and looked in his dugout, that's, that's what you want. That's exactly what Wilson did. He bat flipped. It wasn't to disrespect the other group. It was because we've been struggling offensively and he brought some swagger. You know what I mean? Like, brought some edge. And I, I loved every second of it. I mean, you know, probably not my style if I'm playing, but you know, these guys need a little bit of an edge and yeah, I don't think he deserved to get hit at all. I don't, I don't think you ever throw at somebody on purpose. Doesn't make any sense. All right. It's David Ross who was passionate and made a lot of sense last night as he was talking. Ricky Renteria from the 17th of April last season on Tim Anderson's bat flip when he flipped it, like Ross said, towards his own dugout, 
like Contreras did last night, towards his own dugout. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Trying to fire up his team and bring some energy, show some personality. Ricky Renteria on Tim Anderson's bat flip from last year. How others take it, I, I, can't, I can't change it. He does not go out there to try to show anybody up. He just does not. If he had looked at the guy and pointed at the guy and putting at their dugout or something, I would have said, you know, yeah, you know, a little, little tough. But he doesn't do that. He turned around and looked at our dugout to say, let's go, you know, and, and goes off around the bases. Uh, everybody has their measure, I guess, of patience. The reality is, um, you know, we get it in the game of baseball. It, it's... You know, it's taken its different roads uh, over time and, and um, you know, in the heat of the battle. Uh, maybe there's some uh, misunderstanding, basically, but, uh, you know, again, uh, both sides are going out there battling and, and grinding and, and trying to do what they can to, to, you know, to beat the other, and it just happens. It's baseball. That's Ricky. He told you what the White Sox believed. They rallied behind Tim Anderson. They explained that it wasn't to show anybody up. Right there. I did multiple segments on different radio shows and hit and run and otherwise talking about that last year. You remember Sean Anderson? We pointed out, we pointed out that MLB themselves had a commercial about how the kids need to play that they want to play. Let them play. And in the commercial, Francisco Lindor flips a microphone clearly endorsing the bat flip. We pointed out the MLB hypocrisy and the conflict that was going on around the league and how silly it was. And the White Sox embraced it, and good for them. Change the game is the whole thing. Tim Anderson was right. MLB Just was let the exposed. kids play. Yeah. MLB was exposed as being conflicted, as being archaic, and it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then you get this. Listen to Rick Hahn this morning on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito sitting in for me. This is Rick Hahn on what to do when somebody flips their bat. What are you to do as an opposing team? From my standpoint, quite frankly, like if you don't want the guy to potentially showboat or bat flip or whatever, uh, get him out. Don't don't give them the opportunity to to have something to celebrate. It's it, it, my answer is exactly the same whether we're talking about an opponent uh, celebrating something they've done against us as it would be when you know a year ago when we're talking about Tim Anderson uh, or any of our players who are, are demonstrating a little personality on the field. I, I, it's you know uh, there's not 
uh, room in the current game, in my opinion, for, uh, you know, taking a player's, potentially risking a player's health by, by mm-hmm. intentionally throwing an object at them. And, and I think that's probably the, the best approach, and it's one this uh, our club has followed over the, the course of the last several years. Obviously, you know, we've more, far more often been on the, the other side of potentially receiving, you know, criticism for being, you know, showing perhaps a little more flair or excitement on the field than, than old school uh, baseball would allow. But, again, that's, uh, that's part of the players showing their own personality, and, and there's, a, there's a way to stop that from happening, and that's by keeping them in the park. All right. Well, that's beautiful. That's clear. I agree with you, Rick. I think just about everybody in baseball does. So why? Why did this happen? Was it Cordero on his own? He says just a bad pitch. Was it Ricky and the whole bench telling Cordero to do this? Ricky denies that completely. Is it Yasmani Grandal from behind the plate going rogue and bringing his own brand of veteran presence to the moment and suggesting that they do this. Grandal wasn't here last year. I'm sure he's familiar with the bat flip dynamic. I know he's familiar with how his own teammates express themselves, but he wasn't here last year. Is it Grandal going off the reservation? It's possible. But you can't be the team that rallied behind T.A., and then be upset when an opposing player does it to you. You just can't be that team. Renteria will not admit or change the story. He spoke today, said we stated our case to the league about the suspensions. We explained it wasn't something we were looking to do, and it happened. But it's in their judgment. It's the protocol they have in place. Just abide by it. Hey, Speaks, can I play a piece of evidence that also might be hypocritical towards that Grandall point? Yes. Three and two for Grandal. That ball is drilled and he knows it. You hear the bat drop? Yeah. Yeah. So Grandal does it as much as anybody. So even if it is him going off the reservation, it's hypocrisy. This is what happens when a team is as dead as the White Sox have been. And their manager and their ball club knows that they need something, anything. They're scrambling. They are desperate to try and find a spark. It's the same reason that Rizzo said to Contreras, if you homer, make sure you give us a big bat flip. It's the same reason. Because they've both been sucking. They both have been wallowing, playing the worst baseball of their season slumping and sliding and crawling their way into the playoffs. There's a limited number of things that a team can do to try and light a fire or find a spark or reclaim an edge in this uh, most human of seasons, this, this small sample size analytics be damned season where your focus matters. Your passion matters, and your edge matters. So what do the Cubs do? They flip a bat and try to giggle about it, get as chirpy as they can possibly be, because that's who they are. When they're rolling, that's who they are. Jeremy Jeffress jumping into the fence and laughing at Nomar Mazzara on that home run. I don't know if Mazzara took offense to that. Looked like he was smiling, by the way. I saw Mazzara smiling, by the way, at that. I think they were teammates at one point in Texas. 
Mazzara and Jeffress, and Jeffress is a good dude. So, but anyway, so the Cubs are desperate for whatever they can find. So are the White Sox. I believe the White Sox are so desperate that whoever did this, whether it's Cordero or Grandal or Renteria, and Renteria said he didn't see the bat flip. We know that's bunk. Whoever ordered it, whoever ordered the code red, they're doing it for the same reason, that they're so desperate to find energy that they will sell out their own personal baseball morality. And it was ugly. It was very, very ugly. Take a call on it real quick. Kevin and Palatine, you're on the score. Kevin, thanks for calling. What's happening? Hey, Speak, thanks for your thoughts on the whole thing. Two points real quick. Lawrence Holmes brought up something today, just a, a little bit unrelated, but you just brought up Grandall. With the exception of framing, have you ever seen a catcher, and now you know why the Dodgers benched him? Is he literally the worst toolsy catcher that you've ever seen in your life? He's terrified of getting hit at the plate. He can't block balls. He is Brutal, but I just want to say thank you. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Dude, he's dropped a bunch this year, and Mm -hmm. and even Stoney's been calling him out. He is a horrible defensive catcher besides framing. I mean, it's it's he he's awful. Now you know why the Dodgers benched him. But this whole thing, my favorite part of last night is Tim Anderson was actually joking at second base with Contreras because Anderson gets it, and as a Cubs fan, that's why I like Anderson. But this team that they did that, if Grandall called that, it doesn't matter who called it. Ricky's full of crap. They did it on purpose. And the reason this is happening is they were compared to the 27 Yankees the whole year. And now that they're facing adversity, they don't like it. Maybe Thanks, Louis Kevin. Isn't- Th- thanks Kevin, for the call. Um, it, it's just, they're, they're mired in a terrible, terrible stretch. Two and seven in their last nine, having lost six games in a row fallen out of the division they were looking at a possible one seed they were one seed for a moment and then still looking at a possible one seed now it's completely fluid what happens in this division they have the wild card they have the tiebreaker with the twins we'll go over some of the scenarios a little bit later but yeah they're they're in a bad bad way um grandal was benched twice by the dodgers in the 2018 playoffs because of past balls the Dodger fans were chanting, we want Barnes for Austin Barnes. They accepted a bat far worse than Grandal's because they wanted better defense. Last night, another dropped ball on a throw from Grandal that could have been an out. He's done it a whole bunch. So, yeah, it's been tough. But they're still... Here in the bonus year, going to the playoffs, they have been a very special team. Can they reclaim it? And depending on the matchup, can they advance beyond next week? Let's talk about the madness of the moment, the, uh, the excitement of Cubs and Sox right now, the ups and downs of a season with our friend Jason Benetti from NBC Sports Chicago. We'll do that next right here on Hit and Run. It's Matt Spiegel with you on 670 The Score. I'm grateful for it. As that one hits Contreras after the home run and the bat flip earlier, the Cubs dugout is yelling at Cordero. Dan Bellino says, stay in the dugout, everybody. The umpires are going to come together and they'll talk it over. Contreras gets hit by the pitch. The umpires immediately went to the Cubs dugout and said, stay there, do not do anything. They're going to talk it over. And they're going to throw out Cordero. Ricky Renteria comes out of the dugout. Don Cooper as well, shouting at Dan Bellino, who said, we got this. 
to the Cubs dugout. Ricky Renteria comes out to argue, and Coop is back there too. Don Cooper is screaming. Ricky Renteria is giving it to Dan Bellino. Now Ricky's going to go back out to Dan Bellino. Well, I don't think you want to put your hands no, I, on him. Yeah. I think that's one thing that you want to get out of the arsenal. Ricky Renteria is incensed. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. So that was a lot. That was a lot that happened. Thankfully, right there in front of the eyes of Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. It is Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Special bonus emergency extravaganza to Hit and Run on a Saturday afternoon. Squeezed into a football-crazed sports radio universe. Damn it! The baseball season's not over, people. You can have your Bears pregame on a Sunday morning, but give me my hit and run. Don't take my microphone away, and they didn't this time. Uh, Jason Benetti is the White Sox play-by-play man, and he joins us right now on the Alpamani Ford hotline. Alpamani Ford is in Melrose Park. Hello, Jason. Hi, Matt Spiegel. Happy birthday to you from a long way back. Thank you, sir. Just uh, we can change. I'm 50 now, so I've arrived in full um, intellectually, emotionally, physically, (laughs) (laughs) professionally. So if there's anything you need to know, um, I'm your guy. If there's any sort of wisdom that that you're lacking, just hit me up, okay? All that just sweeps in at 50, huh? Yep, just sweeps in. I I didn't realize it was coming. Like I, but then boom, there it was. So it's been it's been good. Now that was my first thought was. That was a lot to dissect what was going on there last night. Glad it was actually in front of you, and you weren't trying to do that with whatever the camera crew was giving you from a different ballpark last night, Jason. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, it was an interesting scenario. Uh, obviously, the suspensions came down today. Yep. Uh, everybody who's listening to this show knows how I feel about hitting people. I made it very clear last year. Uh, that does not change depending on who's wearing the uniform. Uh, this is one of those circumstances where I wish I could be down in the clubhouse because I get a lot better feel for what was going on. Uh, but on the surface, y- you know how I feel about hitting people. I don't like it. I think it's dangerous. And I thought the most interesting thing we saw last night was the conversation between Tim Anderson and Wilson Contreras at second base. Where those two guys, they know how they play the game and what it's about for them and how it should be taken by the opposition. And yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying with that. Yeah, no, I, I, people have heard you talk about that. And I, I, I certainly feel that way. Rick Hahn was on the station this morning and he feels that way. So your point about not being in the clubhouse uh, for any of us is interesting. This may be one of those cases where, the plausible deniability and or the vagaries of responsibilities may never be sussed out because of the limited access and the volume of things that are happening as well. Once this game gets going tonight, people are going to move on. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. I, I do think it's really important to say this. Uh, there, was, there were some severe issues with Angel Hernandez's plate uh, over the week in Cleveland. He had a very rough game behind the plate. But I have to say, uh, on the other side of this, and I think Stoney and I are very complimentary when umpires are really good behind the plate. I try to be very fair to these guys. They've had a really rough season of travel. They've had a rough go of it before the season started. I, I don't know that they were necessarily completely ready when the season started. This is all walking up to the point to say, I thought Dan Bellino handled that as well as any plate umpire could have. 
uh, last night to make sure nothing more came of it, to make sure everybody stayed in their dugout for the most part. And I just thought it was really well uh, handled. I think that's true, and because there were immediately not just the warnings, but there was the ejection. The, he kind of just decided this needs to happen now. And then once Ricky and Coop came out to argue, you figured that was going to follow. Um, I made the point before the break, Jason, that regardless of who, who did it, whether it's Cordero on his own or it's Grandal calling it behind the plate or it's um, Renteria calling it and decide, and we don't know. But regardless of how this happens, this sometimes is what desperation can bring when a team is, is as low as the White Sox seemingly are. I, 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 did not, I did not think they could possibly get to this kind of place after being 31 and 12 in the middle, but it feels like a, a desperate team now without Eloy and concerned uh, with Robert slumping, just concerned about the overall feeling around the ball club. And they've said as much, Abreu said as much uh, the other day. I, it's, it's so, so speak if you would to the, the, the sadness or the desperation that they may be feeling right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been a rough go, but the one thing that I'll say about this team is, uh, they've been through a lot the last four years, and we've all been through a lot in humanity over the past six months. And it does render the opportunity to say that the clouds of desperation can lift pretty quickly in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't disagree that, that there seems to be some desperation and some swings that we didn't see uh, earlier in the year when this team was going well. But I will say, like, all the energy that was in this team three weeks ago still exists in their souls. And so I I wouldn't discount the fun factor and the engaged factor and the high level intensity factor that this team can bring when they're going well like that. I, I, I agree with you in so much as that. I think in this moment, there's desperation, but I don't think the overwhelming atmosphere of 2020 of the white Sox will even end up being desperation I, I just i tend to believe in this group of people and their ability to manufacture a second wind and to allow rays of sunlight in <laughs> that's it's nice to think about in that way it is and uh and i certainly hope you're right because it's been it's been such a beautiful thing to have this team bloom the way they have for our town to get to look at this after we watched it five, six years ago. It's so, it's so interesting to see the different ways they've done it, but to see the life cycles of both of these rebuilds kind of hit this spot in the, uh, in the bonus year, if you will, is, is pretty remarkable. I didn't think the season was going to be long enough to have the White Sox be the team that plays like they're up in a tree for a while and then comes back to the pack. You know what I mean? Like I thought, all right, we've yeah. got a short little season, they could just be that team that breaks out, goes 35 and, uh, and, and 25 or goes 37 and 23, and the season's just not long enough for them to, to come back to earth. I think it might have been just long enough for them to emotionally come back to earth. I didn't see it coming. But I also think the thing about any length of baseball season that we're learning is, like, we, we've not experienced a 60-gamer, all of us together, <laughs> but I do think baseball has this way. Because I, I dealt with it in the minor leagues where they do first half, second half, and A ball. And yeah. so you'd get wiped clean after 70 games, then you'd go play the next 70 for first place in a four-team division. And so I, when's the last time you made a smoothie at home? 
I, actually about five and a half hours ago in a Vitamix. Okay, okay. So if you if you put a bunch of fruit in a blender and you yeah. pick one individual piece of fruit to watch as you blend, like <laughs> there's one piece of fruit or a couple that like have pretty strong staying power compared to the rest. Like they avoid the rotor for a while, but they always get sucked in. And I feel like baseball seasons do that to individual teams. Like you're always going to have that moment, which is a disaster for your team. And it's how long does it last and how long can you avoid the rotor? <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, pitted dates, which always seem to, to hang much longer than, than the other fruit. You know what I'm saying? Was, it, was that complete yeah. nonsense or do you know what I'm saying? I think I know what you're saying, that the rotor is going to get you, that the baseball, the ups and downs, the cruelty of baseball is going to get you. Um, it seems it didn't get the Dodgers this year, but hey, the postseason is still it, coming. It always gets the Dodgers in October. Is the thing. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. It finds them in October. They might go the the whole year and win a hundred and eight or the equivalent of a hundred and eight in the sixty, and then it finds them in October. Yeah, no, they're looking not. at everybody else saying, "Y'all got liquefied like four months ago. We're intact." <laughs> And then it's like, yeah, 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 raspberry, see right. what happens. Yeah, uh-huh. Kershaw, like a frozen blueberry, just goes to a quick <laughs> end. <laughs> he crumbles like, like fruit in the rotors of a Vitamix. Oh, don't do that. You know, you know it's a small sample size. Don't be, don't be doing that to Kershaw. Hey, man, it's a, this is the year where the samples, it just is what it is. The entire, our whole existence is now a small sample size. That's a, that's a great point, honestly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right, what do, we, what do we see in Luis Robert? I've read like three different deep dives into his struggles. One of them, one of them fascinated me because it said that all the swing rate stuff has not changed. Have you seen that? Like, he's still swinging and missing at the same kind of pitches. He's still making contact on the same kind of pitches. He's just making really crappy contact. He's popping it up. I think Stoney's talked about him being underneath the baseball, right? A lot of of fouls back to you guys, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. And and the foul balls in road games that still make us flinch, even though they're not coming to us from Cincinnati. (laughs) Uh, We are coming to you. So the thing about it is Luis Robert has just missed some pitches that he's not missed in August or July. I, I agree. I mean, based on the eye test agreed. And then I've run some searches in terms of swing rate and things like that. I, it's not, it's not really changing in terms of the profile of him as a plate. It's just simply, I mean, maybe some high fastball stuff, like maybe he's missing more of those than earlier, but his average and slugging percentage have not been great on fastballs throughout the course of the season. He's more hit breaking balls that are in the zone and, and I can count maybe 10 in my mind over the past week that he just hasn't hit. And so this is one of those where I think it would be pretty uh, ephemeral and fleeting over the course of a 162-game season. Like, there'd be that pocket we remember in May where we said, oh, remember when we talked about Luis Roberts struggling? Or, you know, yes. two months or three months or whatever it is. But I just, with, the, with the condensed nature of this, I do think there is something to – oh, the finish line's coming, there's nothing I can do in the regular season, let's gear up for the playoffs. Mm. I, um, it's, there have still been some, some lovely rays of light, and every once in a while I wish there was a, a Twitter bot or something that would just buzz in my phone when a certain guy has shown up and comes to the plate, or when a certain guy, a bullpen weapon, 
has arrived. I would like to, wherever I am in the world, be sent a text message when Garrett Crochet has entered the game. So that doesn't have to be your responsibility. I can ask somebody else. But I just... (laughs) I, I love watching baby Aroldis here with his 102 mile an hour fastball on the nasty slider and a funky, funky delivery with a little pause as the leg rises high. That's going to be hard for people to pick out. It, it, it must have been pretty damn fun so far to watch him. And I assume he's going to be a postseason weapon. I, you have to put him on the roster. You'd imagine. So, I mean, he's sitting triple digits. Like I, I, I had heard from a lot of college evaluators, SEC people I know, that he was maybe the most game-ready player in the draft, just considering how hard he throws and the really good breaking stuff and all that. But to, to look at his poise and to see how uncomfortable people are in the batter's box. Now, again, does that how, how long does that last? What's the long-haul look and all of that stuff? Who knows? But enjoy him while it's happening because, I, you know, he's absolutely a weapon. And I love, like, we get the head-to-toe shot of somebody as they come into the game on the mound, and Steve says, all right, Lakeside Bank, call to the pen. And it's about time. And then you see him. Uh, to me, I think I think Garrett Crochet looks like a waiting bird. Like I said, his first game, I said, when Flamingo's attacked because he's got, like, these rail-thin ankles. And then he builds to this, like, large, sort of graceful left-hander on the mound. And even the delivery is though it is um, aggressive, it has grace to it. Hmm. All right, so let's line that up for the next good comp, bad comp. Garrett Crochet yeah. to a flamingo. <laughs> or or right? another waiting bird. I mean, you take your pick of waiting birds. Well, I'm not as uh, much of a longtime waiting bird guy as perhaps you are. Any other suggestions? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm actually out. So let me uh, let me check and see. I'll look at that coffee table book that hasn't been open for a while. But no, he's, I mean, he's great fun to watch. Like this is, I wonder how many guys are in Major League Baseball this year that wouldn't have been had we had a full minor league season. And I love minor league baseball, but I think developmentally there's something too. When you get to the stage, you probably pitch better than you're going to in the minors. Mm. Yeah, and these stories would not be the same. Like Crochet showing up or Dane Dunning, who's going tonight to pitch again. His first games back from rehab are in the bigs in a, in a pennant race. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Jason, thanks for the time on game day. Enjoy your call. What happens to you in the postseason, by the way? Uh, fans who have felt this connection to their broadcast teams then, then lose you, and it makes them sad. Well, yeah, you, first of all, the way you said it sounded like I was in grave danger. What, what becomes of you? What happens to you? What fate befalls you? Uh, I have a feeling that you will see me on some postseason coverage with my other employer. Uh, nothing officially official, but we have some fun stuff in the works for next week, uh, possibly with some folks from the StatCast world who I've been a part of things with before. That is the hope. That's the belief. Uh, nothing officially announced, but we have some uh, things in the hopper that are a little bit different. That's cool. We'll be we'll be looking for that, as uh, as people have said, as Mike Murphy once said on these airwaves. Um, all right, man. Well, that sounds good. I hope uh, hope to see you. And it's been a terrific year. And enjoy the ball game tonight, Jason. Thanks, Matt Spiegel. All right, uh, avoid the rotor in the Vitamix as long as you can. Nice. Jason. Jason Benetti of the White Sox broadcast team. This week is going to be crazy in MLB. 
We'll tell you about it. We'll tell you about it coming up here next. Hit and run on 670 The Score. Playoffs? Yes, 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 yes. Playoffs. Playoffs? Uh-huh. There are four baseball games on Tuesday. They are the first game of all of the American League series. On Wednesday, there are eight games. Games two of the American League series. Games one of the National League series. On Thursday... There will be more. But on Wednesday, back to those eight games, four of those games, the American League games, by the very nature of a two of three series, will be elimination games. So eight games Wednesday, four of them elimination games. On Thursday, there could be eight more. Any AL series that are tied at one will immediately have their games three on Thursday, as well as games two for the National League. So there could be eight more games on Thursday, And if there are eight games, all of them will be elimination games. All eight of them. There will be eight teams playing and eliminated on Thursday. Crazy. Any games remaining on Friday, which would be games three of the National League series, would be elimination games. Up to four. Anywhere between zero and four games on Friday. All right. You follow follow me on that? So it's Tuesday to Friday. Wall-to-wall baseball. This is the dream. For Rob Manfred and the dream for the owners is that you have a week of essentially the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. And then by the end of Friday, by the end of Friday, we have gotten to a new spot and we will be down to eight teams. And then the weekend and next week during the week. As uh, the NBA Finals will be getting going all at the same time, there'll be baseball in the DS, the ALDS, two different series, and the NLDS. And onward we go. The matchups as they stand right now, the White Sox, once holders of the one seed, and then for a long time, the two seed, are now the seventh seed. As it stands right now, the White Sox would go to Oakland for three games against the Oakland A's. The Rays have a lock on the one seed, and they will get the Blue Jays. The Rays and the Blue Jays. I think, is there a chance that the White Sox could fade back to below Toronto? No, no, because Toronto has 31 wins. So with two games to go, Toronto will get to 33, and the White Sox will still have 34. So seven is as low as they'll go. The White Sox could still win the division. It's actually not that unfathomable that they win the division. All they need to do is win their two White Sox games, or their two games with the Cubs tonight and tomorrow, and have the Twins lose a game and the Indians lose a game. That's it. They can still do it. It is completely fluid, one through three in the American League Central. All of them will get in. But based on the tiebreaker, which is, um, which is head-to-head and then intradivisional matchup, if it's the White Sox and the Twins tied, they split the season series. So the third tiebreaker is intradivisional record, and the White Sox are 25-15 and 15 against the division. That will not change. 
that is better than Minnesota. And so they would win if it's the White Sox and Twins tied for the division. If it's the White Sox and Indians tied for the division, you know the Indians beat the White Sox 8-2, to so that's over. Minnesota beat Cleveland 7-3. to If all three tie, though, Minnesota is 12-8 and versus the other two. Cleveland is 11-9 and versus their other two. The White Sox are 7-13 and versus their other two. So if all three tie, I think this means the Twins win the division because it'll be based on intradivisional record between the three of them. <laughs> Insane. No tiebreaker games. All three of them will play in their first game of the playoffs on Tuesday. We just still don't know against who. Craziness. All right. Another hour to come here for the special bonus extravaganza of hit and run in the middle of the Cubs Sox series on a Saturday afternoon right here on The Score. By the way, Cubs Sox all weekend long. It's the Trust Crosstown Series presented by Xfinity. Xfinity X5 delivers blazing fast Wi-Fi with no curveballs. We'll come back and we will talk about the Cubs offense and what one night might have done to break them out of a historically awkward slump. And we'll talk about a manager and at what point he becomes a problem. And does that outweigh all the good that he has brought? We'll talk about it all next right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 